Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Abgenommen bedauert. The Avenger. The Road to Crime ends in a trap that justice sets. Crime does not pay. The Avenger's sworn enemy of evil is actually Jim Brandon, a famous biochemist. Through his numerous scientific experiments, Brandon has perfected two inventions to aid him in his crusade against crime as the Avenger. The telepathic indicator by which he is able to pick up thought flashes and the secret diffusion capsule which cloaks him in the black light of invisibility. Brandon's assistant, the beautiful Fern Collier, is the only one who shares his secrets and knows that he is the man the underworld fears as the Avenger. And now... The Avenger and the High Tide Murders. You, Sandra. Yes, Crony, it's me. Are we expecting the cops? No, no. Come on in. Mighty glad you came, Sandro. Did you follow my instructions? Sure, nobody knows I'm here. You don't think I'm fool enough to let anybody know I'm mixed up with you, do you? Now, now, Sandro, there's no cause for you. Shut up, Scrawny. Gun. What are you pulling a gun on me for, Sandro? Because I don't... I don't trust you, Scrawny. Not even when I can see you. Well, I've always been fair to you, Thedro. I always... Shut up, I told you. I'll do the talking this time. You're a double-crosser, Scorny. The worst kind. You get a guy in deep with you, and then you double-cross him, cheat him. I haven't cheated you, Thedro. Honest, I I'm haven't. not giving you the chance to double-cross me, Scorny. I come for my share of that last shipment you got. And I'm not leaving without it. Sure, Thedro. In fact, I want more than my share, since you're holding out on the other boys. Sure, sure, Sandro. That's why I sent for you. To give you your share. We'll be partners, Sandro, you and me. Never mind that. Where's the stuff? 
right over there in that box. I'll get it. Stay where you are. I'll get it myself. If you make a move, Scrawny, I'll plug you. All right, all right. Help yourself, then. Scrawny! Help! Scrawny! <laughs> Goodbye, Sandro. The tide is going out, and you go with it. Just like the others, out with the tide. You were smarter than the rest of them, Penrose. Only you didn't know about this trap door, did you? Nobody but Scrawny knows about that. Ah, just one more victim, and all the money will be mine. One more victim. I must prepare the trap for him. <laughs> Working now and go to dinner. All right, Fern. All right. We'll take time out now for dinner. I've been waiting for you to say that. I know you have. The telepathic indicator caught your thought flashes. I didn't realize how late it was. That indicator is working so well lately, I've, I've absolutely no privacy. Yes, we're getting wonderful results, Fern. Of course, a lot of the flashes I pick up are unimportant, but do you realize that our experiments in thought projection and transmission have gone far beyond those of Edison and Creel? I know, Jim. Jim. Yes, Fern? Jim, let me try the diffusion capsule. I've been reading up on all those experiments you made with black light, and I... Fern, you must put that idea out of your mind. I told you before that it would be impossible. It's a very dangerous process. Oh, I know it's terribly dangerous, Jim, but I'm not afraid. No. And that's final, young lady. Why, the diffusion capsule knocked me for a loop every time I tried it for three years. Until finally I was able to hit just exactly the right formula. But, Jim, now that you have the right formula... Fern, you don't understand. That formula will only work on the individual who tested it every step of the way on himself. But, Jim, think how much more valuable I'd be as your assistant if I could become invisible as you do. Perhaps, but it isn't possible, Fern. Why? Let me explain. The diffusion capsule is a combination of two experiments two processes. First, it's a question of harnessing the light rays that are normally invisible to the human eye and concentrating them in tiny capsules to be released at will. After I'd spent years perfecting that formula, I had to set about finding a serum that I could inject into my system that would affect the pigment cells in such a way that when these concentrated rays were released around me, they dissolve both color and dimension and render me invisible. Then it's the injections that are so dangerous. Yes. For one whole year, I was able to stand them only in very small doses. And then gradually, after several years, my system absorbed enough of the serum to camouflage me completely when the concentrated light rays fell upon me. But if I hadn't been in exceptional physical condition, Fern, the whole experiment would have been hopeless. Well, perhaps you're right, Jim. And but besides, I... you're much too attractive to want to become invisible, even for short intervals. Oh, Fern, now you do understand, don't you? Of course, Jim. Let's forget it. I couldn't manage without you, you know that. Why, you've come every step of the way with me on the telepathic indicator. I simply couldn't have perfected it without you. Thanks, Jim. Now, if you'll put those test tubes away, I'll turn off the indicator and we'll go out for something to eat. Right. Fern, 
What is it, Jim? A man's just been killed. Jim, the indicator? Yes. I caught a distinct telepathic message. Well, how can you be sure someone was killed? Because the message came in so strong. It's been proved through thousands of experiments that 85% of all psychic impressions received are relayed by those who are suffering violence. What was the message, Jim? It's strange. I've had three messages like this in the last two weeks, all on the same thought wavelength. Only this last one was stronger than the other two. The sounds were all the same, though. What kind of sounds, Jim? Lapping water and wind, mostly. And then the sudden sound of a heavy door opening and a splash. Do you mean like someone falling in the water? Yes. Only this time I also received the impression of a man's voice. A man's voice screaming out a name. What name, Jim? Something that sounded like, uh, like scrawny. Scrawny? What do you suppose that could mean? I don't know yet. Oh, will you answer the phone, Fern? Yeah. I don't want to leave the indicator. Maybe I'll pick up something else. Hello? Yes, he's here, Inspector White. Yes? Where? At the Cragmore Dock. Yes, I'm sure he will. I'll tell him. Thank you, Inspector. That was Inspector White, Jim. What did he want? The body of a man's been washed ashore at Cragmore. What? He wants you to come down and make some special tests. The Inspector thinks it's murder. Brandon? Yes, Inspector. Coming, Fern? No, I'll wait here at the car, Jim. All right. Well, Inspector, find any clues? Very few. The doc says the body's been in the water about two weeks. I want you to check on that. No identification. Not a thing. Oh, flash that light over here, Joe. Well, what do you think, Jim? At first glance, I'd say two weeks is about right. We can't tell much from his clothes. There was no jewelry. Which might mean the motive was robbery. Yeah, it might. Find anything at all in his pockets? No. Only a little piece of broken glass. You mind letting me see it? Here. Why, this is a piece of a jeweler's loop. A very good one, too. This man must be a stranger around here. He doesn't fit any of our descriptions for missing persons. Inspector, uh, do you think you could keep this out of the papers for a few days? No, I can't keep it out of the papers, Brandon. And I don't see why I should try. Well, you're in the driver's seat, of course, Inspector. But if I had a day or two, well, I would think... Brandon, I... all I want from you in this case is a complete chemical analysis report. The same kind of checkup you did in the Reardon case. Okay. I'll come to headquarters later. But you shouldn't let my simple inquiries affect your blood pressure like that, Inspector. Well, every time you see a body, you pop up with a lot of unconventional theories. Well, murder is hardly ever conventional, Inspector. No monkey business on this case, Brandon. That chemical report is all I want from you. You'll get it. In the meantime, I'll have an impression made of his teeth and go over every inch of his clothes. Right. I think we'll have to work fast on this, Inspector. We? All right. All right, you. I'll see you later. So long. Remember what I said, Jim. What's the matter, Jim? The Inspector sounds mad. Oh, just the usual routine. He's afraid I'll steal his thunder. Well, were you able to find out anything? I think so, Fern. I'd be willing to bet anything it was that man's dying message I picked up about two weeks ago. Do the police have any idea who he was? Not yet, but I'm pretty certain he was a jeweler. If he was, then the other two thought impressions I received may have been from jewelers, too. If your hunch is right, Jim, three jewelers would be missing in the city right now. Right. Let's get back into town and start investigating. Tonight? Oh, well, I guess it is pretty late, isn't it? Well, I'm still hungry. Remember, we never did get our dinner. Okay. 
But first thing in the morning, Fern, we're going calling. The pawn shops first. Been waiting long, Jim? About ten minutes. Uh, sit down, Fern. Thanks. Oh, golly, I didn't know there were so many jewelry stores in the whole world. I'm tuckered out. And hungry, no doubt. Mm -hmm. I ordered for you. Oh, waiter. Oh, waiter, you can bring our food now. Right away, sir. Well, how did you make out with your list, Fern? Well, out of all the shops I covered, there was only one owner missing. He's been out of town for a week. Did you get his name? Yes, it's, um... Don't tell me. Let's see if I can guess. Was it Artemis? Yes. How did you know? I'll tell you later. Uh, I want to give you my report first. Oh, I'm trying to be patient, but my curiosity's killing me. Well, uh, first I found out that a pawnbroker by the name of Blake has been out of town for two weeks. Jim, do you think he could be the one whose body was... Washed ashore last night? I think there's a very good chance that was Blake. I called Inspector White, and he's going to check him. But what about the third? You said there'd be three men. Yes, and there are. A third jeweler by the name of Fenro left town on business yesterday morning. Jim, how can we be certain these are the three men we're looking for? Well, after I checked all the stores on my list, I happened to remember an article that appeared in the newspapers about six months ago concerning a corner in the diamond market. At that time, an investigation had been demanded by the Municipal Jewelers Association who were outraged at the possibility of any shady dealings within their trade. I went to the library and checked back on that article. And found the names of our suspects? No, I got those through a muckraking reporter I know. He tipped me off that Fenro, Blake, Artemis, and a man by the name of Vickers were thoroughly investigated at that time because they were suspected of selling odd pieces of jewelry at unusually low prices. How were they able to do that? Well, my guess is that the jewels were smuggled and they were fencing them. Oh, but wouldn't the police know that? That would be pretty hard to check, Fern, especially if the goods came from Europe. All right, Jim. Suppose all your suspicions turn out to be facts. There's still one other thing. If three jewelers are missing, why haven't their families reported it to the police? Because they're not considered missing. To all intents and purposes, they're just away on business. Oh, I see. Well, what do we do now? We start searching for the missing piece in the puzzle. The missing piece? Yes. The fourth jeweler by the name of Vickers. We've got to find out whether he's also known as Scrawny. For if he isn't, he's next on the list for murder. better for me to go in alone this time. Uh, wait for me just beyond the shop there, Fern. All right, but don't be long. I'm nervous. What can I do for you, sir? Uh, do you mind if I look around a little? Yes, I do mind. What do you want? I'm looking for the Berkeley necklace. What? I thought you might have it. I tried all your partners' places, but they didn't seem... What to... are you talking about? I have no partners. No? I understood Artemis, Blake, and Fenro. Get out of here. 
That's no way to treat a customer, Mr. Vickers. Get out, I say, or I'll call the police. I don't think you will. Get out! Put that gun away, Vickers. You're in enough trouble already. I'll give you exactly five seconds to blow. All right. You win. What happened, Jim? I think he's gone mad, Fern. He pulled a gun on me. But we've got to get some evidence. Well, how? You go into the store and pretend you want to buy something. Keep him occupied for a few minutes. Oh, I'll do my best. What do you plan to do, Jim? Examine it safe. It must be in the back room. It's not in the store. Jim? Yes, Fern. It's time for the Avenger to take over. I thought I told you to get out. Where, where did he go? Where did you go? That man with you. There's no one with me. I was sure I saw him come in the door, and then, then he disappeared. Well, there's no one here. Maybe the sunlight blinded you for a moment as I opened the I door. I don't know. I was sure. I must be seeing things. I came in to look at that gold pin you have in the window, the one with the topaz in the center. Would you show it to me, please? Yes, I'll get it. The one on the right. That, that's it. My, lovely. How much is it? Forty dollars. Forty? Oh, I'm afraid that's too expensive. Well, I have a smaller one. It's in the back room. I'll oh, get no. it. Oh, no. No, never mind. This is the exact size I'm looking for. Perhaps I... All right, Fern. I'm finished. Come on. What did you say? Oh, Tim. Well, I hadn't planned on anything so expensive. Lizzie Vickers? You... What are you doing here? Stow that, Vickers. I've got business with you. Get rid of that customer. Sorry I can't take the pin. Thanks for your trouble. Did you find anything, Jim? Plenty. Who was that man who came out of the back room? What man? There was no one back there. Well, the man came through the back way shortly after you did. Vickers was terrified of him. Fern, we've got to go back there. Vickers may be in danger of his life. Come on. Oh, that door's locked. Stand back, Fern. Yeah. I'll have to break it down. Jim, look, on the floor, it's Vickers Vickers, Vickers, quick Who did it? Who stabbed you, Vickers? Scrawny What part of the beach does this road lead to, Jim? A place called Peabody's Cove Never heard of it Who's Peabody? Captain Peabody is an old sailor. His family has owned this stretch of beach for generations. The captain makes his living renting fishing dories. But why are we going to see him? Well, Captain Peabody knows everyone along the coast for miles. Mm -hmm. I want to try to get a line on that man you saw in Vickers' pawn shop. Oh? You said he gave you the impression of being a seafaring man? Well, it was only a vague impression, Jim. Yeah. His face was weather-beaten and used the term stow that. Not much to go on, really. Yeah, and there was one other thing. Vickers was killed with a knife. A fisherman's knife. Ah, there, there's Peabody's place now. Look at all those boats. Aren't they beautiful? All right. Come on, Fern. Ah, there's Peabody on the dock. Hello there, Captain. Uh, hello. Well, if it isn't Jim Brandon. How be you, Jim? I'm fine, Captain. This is my assistant, Fern Collier. Hello, Captain. Pleased to meet you, Miss. Well, Captain, what's your theory about those two bodies that were washed up on the coast? Say, that's something, ain't it? Two of them within a week. I noticed by the papers that you were helping on the case. That's right. Now, Captain, does the name Scrawny mean anything to you? Scrawny? Yeah. Nope, never heard that name. 
Yes, it gets something to do with the case. Maybe. But all we're certain of in this case is how long the bodies were in the water. What you want to know is where they come from, eh? That's what I'm working on, Captain. Well, son, you ought to be able to figure that out pretty accurate. According to the tides. How do you mean? You take a look at this here map, Jim. Yeah? You know what it is? Oh, it's a tide chart, isn't it? Right. You notice how the currents here about surge into narrow channels? Yeah. Well, those channels along this stretch of coast are as accurate and permanent as a... A paved road on, on dry land. You mean that if you know exactly where something landed on the shore and how long it was in the water, mm-hmm. you can figure where it started from according to the channels? Yep. Well, when I was a little shaver, me and my brother used to send messages and bottles through these channels to kids ten miles down the coast. Captain, you've hit on something. I'd like to try a little experiment, if, if you'll help. Well, sure, Jim. Well, rig up your best dory and bring along those tide charts. You and I are going on a little boat ride. Right away, Jim. I'll have everything set in five minutes. Do I come too, Jim? No, you'd better stay here, Fern. How long do you think you'll be gone? An hour or two. Well, I'll take a little drive up the coast to kill time. Okay, but be careful. Good luck, Jim. You ready, Jim? Yeah, I'm coming, Captain. I'll see you later, Fern. Don't drive too far. I won't. Bye. Actually, gun in your back, lady. Who are you? Start driving. No. No, I won't. I... Start driving, I said. Or I'll let you have it. What, you... You're the man I saw in Vicar's shop. You murdered Vicar. You know too much for your own good. Drive faster. You're scrawny. That's right. But you're the only living person who knows it. And you ain't going to be living long. Drive faster, I said. Faster. longer to wait now. If you're going to kill me, why don't you do it and get it over with? Why do you keep me tied up here? We have to wait for the tide. The tide? What has that to do with it? Everything. Out with the tide. That's the way it must be. You mean I'm going to be drowned? Of course. I thought you knew that. You seem to know so much. I'm not the only one who knows that. The sounds. Someone else knows about them. The lapping of the water, that creaking door, the spring of a trap door, that No flash. one could know of them but you. Everyone else who ever came here is dead. You. Police will find you out there. That's enough of that. I know you're bluffing. How much longer? Half an hour yet. Exactly half an hour. <laughs> It's almost time. I'm checking everything so you won't be in, in any trouble. You won't get away with it. You won't. Brewster, stop me. Look. As you drop through this trap door, this bag of salt will hook onto you and weigh you down. Then the tide carries your body out to sea. And later when you're found, you'll be many miles from here. Oh, you're mad. I believe you killed for the sheer joy. No, no, I I killed for gold, for gold and jewels. <laughs> but now I I must untie. Another minute, the tide goes out. Ready? You must be ready now. Hold your wrist. <laughs> <laughs> 
kill. Oh, Jim, I'm afraid. There, now. Stand up. What was that noise? Who's there? Here I am, Scrawny. It's the Avenger. Oh, thank heaven. The Avenger? Where? Where are you? I can't see you, Avenger. No, you can't see me, Scrawny. No one can see me, but I'm here. Where? Where are you? Over here, behind these salt bags. I'll get you. I'll shoot you. Not there. Over here in the corner. Uh, I'll find you. Uh, I'll kill you.
All characters, names, places, and plots used in the Avenger program are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This is a thought. A thought. A thought. Remember, listen for another adventure of... The Avenger. Avenger. The road to crime ends in a trap that justice sets. Crime does not pay. Avenger, sworn enemy of evil, is actually Jim Brandon, a famous biochemist. Through his numerous scientific experiments, Brandon has perfected two inventions to aid him in his crusade against crime as the Avenger. The telepathic indicator by which he is able to pick up thought flashes, and the secret diffusion capsule, which cloaks him in the black light of invisibility. Brandon's assistant, the beautiful Fern Collier, is the only one who shares his secrets, and knows that he is the man the underworld fears as the Avenger. And now... The Avenger and the Mystery of the Giant Brain. Who is it? Who's there? It's Miss St. Clair. I want to speak to you, Professor Rodano. Oh, all right, all right. Come in. Why, Miss St. Clair... Where are you going with all that luggage? I'm leaving, Professor. Leaving? Yes. And you needn't pretend to be surprised. You know why I'm going. Oh, yes, you were upset about those animals from the zoo, I believe. Yes, that among other things. Miss St. Clair, it was absolutely necessary for me to have those animals. Our experiments have gone far beyond the stage of rabbits and mice. I must have animals of a little more cunning. Of course, I'm... 
I'm sorry to have to steal them from the zoo and neighboring farms, but that's the only way. Well, I want no part of it. When I came here a year ago as your assistant, uh, I thought you were a reputable scientist. I am a great scientist, Miss St. Clair. Too great to allow the petty ethics of... Perhaps you are a great professor, but you've become cruel and inhuman. And the kind of man has no place in, in the laboratory. These experiments and brain surgery you're making now are horrible. You think so? Then perhaps you have decided to report me to the police. No. I just want to get out of here and have nothing further to do with you. You're a coward, Miss St. Clair. You're afraid of what the great Rodano can accomplish. Why Rodano's work is just beginning. Look. These three mechanical men. These robots I have created. They're only in their infancy. Yes, I know they are. Look at them lined up there. Three iron monsters, that's what they are. You hate them because you fear them. In time, my robots will accomplish all that man is too cowardly to attempt. Professor, please don't go on with this. Destroy them now before it's too late. Why, Miss St. Clair? How can you talk like that? You helped perfect them. I didn't understand what you were doing. You will excuse me if I find that hard to believe. It's true. Until a few weeks ago, these robots were merely harmless servants of your will. Created, you assured me, merely to fetch and carry for you. Now you send them out to capture animals for you, in the hope that in time you'll be able to create for them a brain. Exactly. I... And that time is almost at hand. Just think, Miss Sinclair. Very soon I will no longer have to control those robots as I do now by the magnetoelectric batteries I have installed about the house. Ah, they will have a mind and intelligence all their own. You're playing with madness and death, Professor. Two marvelous experiments. Madness and death. I see that there's no point in trying to reason with you. But there is one other thing I'd like to do before I go. Yes? I'd like to know what has happened to Dr. Giles. I told you two weeks ago I sent him away on business. I don't believe you. I think he left you just as I'm doing because he wanted nothing further to do with you and your robots. Would you really like to know where Dr. Giles is now? Would you like to see him, Miss St. Clair? What do you mean? Dr. Giles is in my secret basement laboratory. I had to lock him up in a little iron cage down there. Come, I'll show you. No. No, you are mad. I'm going to the police. Robot one. Robot one, stop Miss St. Clair. No. No, let me go. Please, make him let me Carry her to the basement laboratory, robot one. No. You've always been curious about that secret laboratory, Miss St. Clair. Now I let you see it. No, no, no! I'm ready to dictate now. Let me see. This is experiment 2274, isn't it, Chief? That's right. Go ahead, Chief. Subject. A power increase on the telepathic indicator. Data. Increase of two amperes on direct current caused the headgear to blow. However, when current was changed to alternating, reception was not only maintained, but increased. Oh, Jim, you increased it. How wonderful. I don't know exactly how much yet, but I think it's a matter of a few miles, Fern. We'll send out a crew tomorrow, station them a quarter of a mile apart, and experiment with their thought transmissions. Good. I'll make all the arrangements. Now for the data on the strongest thought impressions I picked up on the indicator today. 
Uh, take this down, Fern. Yeah. Thought waves received from a greater distance than before seem to have their origin in violence, but not death. Constant static interference might indicate that the thoughts were surrounded by electricity at their origin. That's something new, isn't it, Jim? Completely new, Fern. Add these facts, will you? Mm-hmm. The color impression was gray. Gray with a background of blue. Perhaps something gray in color, high enough to be seen against the background of the sky. Either a tower or a plane. But since there was no indication of movement, I'm inclined to favor the tower. Mm. Sounds as though we picked up the latent thought waves of a medieval maiden in distress. Oh, there you go, letting your romantic notions run away with you again. Well, nothing seems to be impossible with that indicator. But if you'll review the facts, young lady, you'll realize that your medieval maiden could scarcely have been surrounded by electrical instruments of extremely high voltage. No, I suppose not. Unless the tower was struck by lightning. <laughs> Give up. You win. But to get back to the facts... I'll make a note of this, please. I also picked up an impression on the same thought wavelength of inarticulate suffering. Something that could have emanated from small children or animals. This impression was not as clear as the others. That's a strange kind of impression. Yes, and all the more interesting in view of a story that appeared in this morning's paper. Here, paste this clipping in beside those notes. What is it, Jim? It's a story about some animals that were stolen recently from a zoo at Midvale. Also, a raid on a fox farm near there. What do you make of it, Jim? Nothing yet. Fern, uh, do we have a legend map that includes Midvale? Well, we have one for this entire county. Will that do? Fine. Yeah, where is it? On the bottom shelf behind you. All right. Now, let me see. Uh, Midwest crop list. Uh, Oh, Midland County map. Yeah, this is it. Midvale's exactly 16 miles due east from here. Yes, that's within the radius of the indicator. Oh, look, Jim. This footnote says that Midvale boasts of several mansions of great architectural beauty that date back to the early 1800s. It also boasts of several well-known silver fox farms, all of which ties in pretty well with the things we already know. Oh, yeah. Fern, how long will it take you to pack? Fifteen minutes. All right, let's get moving. You and I are going on a little trip to Midvale. <laughs> How much farther do you think it is to Mr. Isaac's farm? Oh, we should be coming to it soon, Fern. Aren't you enjoying the walk? Yes, only it's farther than I expected. He must have walked at least two miles since we left Midvale. Well, it can't be far now. Jim, why are you so anxious to talk with Mr. Isaac? Because Joe Iser has reported four foxes stolen from his farm within two weeks. Oh. And I think he may be able to give us a few leads. Off the record, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, that must be Iser's barn just ahead there. <laughs> Somebody's shooting at us, Jim. Fern. Run! Fern, wait. Wait, nobody's shooting at us. Those shots came from behind that barn. Come on. Oh, go ahead, Jim. I can't keep up. Look, there's a man running across the field. I'll stop him. Hey, hey, you. Wait a minute. Stop. Stop, I say. Oh, no. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Stop running or I'll bring you down. No. Don't say I killed him. But I didn't. I didn't. No, stop, I tell you. I didn't kill him. I can't. Oh. Let me go. I didn't do it, I tell you. Now, take it easy. I didn't say you killed anybody, but I couldn't let you run away. Sorry I had to knock you down. I I was in the barn. I saw it all. But I didn't kill him. Kill who? Joe Iser. Oh, you've got him, Jim. Thank heaven. The big man did it. The big man. Come on, show us where Iser is. Come this way. Here. 
back at the bar. Now, suppose you tell me exactly what you saw. Well, Joe caught the big man stealing two foxes. Joe shot him at him four times. But the bullets can't hurt the big man. What in the world is he talking about, Jim? Hanged if I know, Fern. There he is. There's Joe Iser. See? He's dead. I'll have a look. Well, Jim? Uh, he's dead, all right. And four bullets have been fired from this gun he's holding. We've got to call the police. No, no, don't call the police. They'll say I did it. They'll... Oh, I'm going home. Oh, no, you're not. You've got a lot of questions to answer. What's your name? Uh, Harry Sampler. Just what were you doing here, anyway? And who's this big man you're talking about? Well, I live around the hill there in the shack. I come over here every day to help Joe with the chores, and he gives me food. Yeah? Joe is good to me. I wouldn't kill him. So, today, while you were helping Iser, this big man appeared and stole two foxes? Yeah, that's right. Joe started to shoot at him, but the big man walked right through the bullets and hit Joe over the head with his big iron hand. He killed Joe. The big man did. Oh, this is getting us nowhere fast, Fern. I'm going to call the police. Oh, I think we'd better. Come on, and show me where Iser's telephone is, Harry. Well, uh, uh, Joe ain't got no phone. What are we going to do, Jim? Well, I've got to stay here and guard the place until the police get here. But how can we get word to them? Yeah, that's the question. I can't trust Harry to go. And it's getting too late for you to go alone. Well, if I hurry, Jim, maybe I can make it into town before dark. No, no, Fern. There's a killer loose around here somewhere. I think there's a phone over to the Gray Towers. But I wouldn't go in there. Huh? Where's Gray Towers? uh, Right around the bend and up the road a piece. I'll go, Jim. I'm not afraid to go that far. All right. But before you go, take a look at these footprints, Fern. Oh, good heavens. They're monstrous. Yeah, and there are at least five feet between the strides. Jim, do you think there could possibly be anything to this poor fellow's story? Well, it's fantastic, of course. But Iser was killed by a blow on the head, all right. He was struck by some kind of blunt instrument. Jim, I don't think we should trust this fellow. Harry, maybe he's not as harmless as he seemed. After all, he could have... Don't worry, Fern. I'm not trusting him. I'll keep Harry right here with me until you get back. Now, you run along, but don't lose any time. I'll expect you back here in less than half an hour. Okay, Jim. So long. So long, Fern. Yeah, I'm sure they got a phone up to Gray Towers. But I wouldn't go in there. I'd be afraid. Seems to me you're afraid of just about everything, Harry. You'd be afraid of the big iron men, too, if you saw them. Well, all I've got to say is that somebody had better see them, Harry, or your goose is cooked. Even so, I'd prefer to have a better alibi for murder than an iron monster.
now back to the Avenger and the mystery of the giant brain. Robot 2, open the door. Excuse me, may I? Oh, don't be frightened, my dear. This is just a mechanical man who acts as my servant. He's perfectly under control. Come in. Oh, no. No, thank you. Never mind. Seize her, Robot 2. No! Let me go! Well done, Robot 2. Now close the door. Tell this monster to put me down, please. I just came to use the phone. You were sent to call the police, were you not? Oh, you don't understand. A man's been murdered. Well, perhaps you already knew that. A very unfortunate incident, but that sort of thing is inevitable sometimes. People are stupid. They don't understand the needs of science. Please let me go. I'm expected back in town. No, you're needed here. I'm needed here? What for? I need your brain for my great experiment. You arrived just in time. My brain? Yes. Now I'll have three. Three human brains. Bring her to the secret laboratory, Robot 2. Oh, no. Put me down. Let me go. No use to struggle. The robot has his orders, and he will obey them. Oh, you are a murderer. You killed either. He was just a little man who got in my robot's way. But yours is to be a greater honor than mere death. You will sacrifice your living brain to the great god science. A mere mortal could ask no greater privilege. No! Let me go! Let me go! Let me go! Stand guard, Robot 3. I'll open the cage, Robot 2. You put the beautiful lady inside. Miss St. Clair, Dr. Giles, I've brought you company. Why have you brought this strange girl here, Rodano? To share the fate I have in store for you and Miss St. Clair, my uh, worthy doctor. What are you talking about, Professor? Just what do you intend to do with us? Be patient a little longer, Miss St. Clair. Come out and close the door, Robot 2. Now listen, all of you. Tonight, the mighty Rodano will perform the greatest operation in the history of surgery. I will add three human brains to the living animal brains I already have preserved. Wait, I'll show you. Remove the heavy cover from that table, Robot 2. Be careful not to break the glass case. Well, what do you think of it? What is that horrible thing? It's moving. Of course it's moving. It's alive. It's the composite living brain of 14 animals. It's the most horrible thing I've ever seen. Even my worst suspicions didn't prepare me for anything like like this. Hold on, Miss St. Clair. We mustn't give up yet. Be silent and listen to me. Tonight I add three human brains to this. And then I'll place them all within a special robot I've constructed. Then the world will see a real man of iron. A man of unlimited power and superlative wisdom. The great Rodano will be worshipped as the creator of a new race. Oh, stop him, stop him. I can't stand anymore. Professor. Yes, what is it, Dr. Giles? Perhaps we, Miss St. Clair and I, deserve whatever fate you have in store for us. Whether we meant to or not, we did help you create the robots. But this strange girl you brought here... She had nothing to do with it. Let her go free. Yes, Professor. There's no need to make the innocent suffer, too. Ah, you two are coming. Yes, you know that if I set you free, the police will be here in five minutes. 
No, I tell you, I need you all. Science needs you. How much longer have we, then? One hour. One hour yet to live. Robot One will bring you a fine dinner of roast duckling. We must observe the rules of death. The condemned should eat both well and heartily. Well, Harry, it was a lucky thing for us that truck happened by so we could get word to the police. The police come mighty fast, didn't they? Yes, and they want to question both of us later, Harry. I promised them we'd both come to police headquarters as soon as I find out what's happened to Fern. They don't think I did it, do they? No. And if you promise me you'll tell them exactly what you saw, I'll give you a reward of ten dollars. Ten dollars? Gee, I never saw that much money. Oh, say, Harry, is that Gray Towers? Yeah, yeah, that's the place. That's where the professor and the big men live. Have you ever been inside the house, Harry? No, nobody's allowed inside. All the doors and windows has big bolts. How do you know if you were never inside? Well, sometimes I climb up in that tree over there by the garden and look in the window. And what did you see from there, Harry? Well, that's how I first saw the big men. But nobody believed me. They said I made it up. Well, I guess there's nothing for it then but to try to get in by the front door. Come on, Harry. Oh, no, sir, not, not me. I, I, I wouldn't go in there. The big men kill people. All right, you climb up in the tree then and wait for me. Hey, sure, I'll wait. You said I'm going to get $10. That's right. I'll see you later. Uh, yes, sir. Nobody will see me up in that tree. It's too dark up there. That's well, Professor, you're going to have a visitor. When that door opens, the Avenger will step inside and you'll be none the wiser because my diffusion capsule will render me invisible. The moment the door is opened, I'll break the capsule and enter. What's that noise? Who's out there? Who's out there, I said? I'm sure I heard a peculiar noise just as the door opened. Who's there? Well, I must have gone away, whoever it was. Robot one, close the door and bolt it. Now follow me, Robot One. Follow me closely, for in just a few minutes, we begin our great experiment. Dr. Giles, the hour is almost up. Yes, just a few minutes more. Think of that, that maniac sending down all this food. As though any of us could touch it. Do you suppose that if we make all the noise we can, somebody might hear us? There's not a chance of that, Miss Collier. This basement is soundproof. Well, we certainly haven't anything to lose. We might as well try it. Here, each one take a tin cup, hit them against the bars as hard as you can. And everybody shout at the same time. We'll say, help, we're in the basement. Ready? Go. Help! We're in the basement! Help! We're in the basement! Listen... The robots. It's too late for any help now. Go ahead. Scream your heads off. No one can hear you. Stand guard, robots. I'm going to bring Dr. Giles out of the cage now. You kill him if he tries to get away. Come, Dr. Giles. 
Uh, place him on the steel table, Robot 2. I'll fasten his hands and feet. Oh, I can't look. He won't feel anything. None of us will. The electricity will stun him instantly. It's the only way the brain can be removed and still remain alive. Oh, don't! Stand aside, robots. There, in the line. That's right. Now you won't be in my way. Every split second counts in this operation. Now we're ready. I'll pull the switch and... No, you don't, Professor. Who spoke? Who's there? It's the Avenger, Professor. Oh, the Avenger. Oh, Miss St. Clair, we're saying... Why, I don't understand. Where is he? Where are you, Avenger? How did you get in here? You can't see me, but I'm here, Professor. Here to see that you're brought to justice. Find him, robots. Find the Avenger and kill him. Kill the Avenger. Find him, robots. Professor. Giles. Giles. The Avenger is here to ruin my experiment. Professor, set me free. I'll help you. Yes, Giles, you must help me. I'll set you free. There, help me, Giles. Help me find the Avenger. We must kill him. He mustn't ruin my experiment. Dr. Giles, be careful. The robots have broken the glass case. The giant brain is free. No, no, you robot fools. Look what you've done. The brain is moving toward the professor. Uh, no, robot, help me. Dr. Giles, help, Dr. Giles, there's a robot behind you. Move to the corner. Where's the battery that controls these robots? It's over here. I think I can reach it. Giles, Giles. on the desk here somewhere. Here they are. Well, I never thought I'd get out of here alive. Neither did I. Is, uh, is the professor dead? Yes, the professor is dead. No one could save him from his own creation. The professor's giant brain was just a boomerang. Giles. Yes, Avenger? Call the police at once. And when they get here, demonstrate how these robots work. Otherwise, they'll never believe your story. Right. one town I'm glad to leave behind me, Jim. I don't blame you, Fern. You had a pretty narrow escape last night. 
The Avenger saved Dr. Jaw's life by a mere second, Jim. I got there the first moment I could, Fern. When you didn't return to Weiser's place, I naturally became worried. But frankly, I never expected to find anything as fantastic as the professor and his giant brain. Well, we can't say Harry didn't try to warn us. Yes, he certainly did. And for once, the police and everyone else in Midvale will have to admit that the truth in this case was more fantastic than any story poor Harry ever dreamed of. Jim, what will happen to those robots now? Well, they're just so much scrap iron without those control batteries. And the police have confiscated those. What about the giant brain? What will happen to that? It's being removed to the state research laboratory, naturally. The brain is dead now. Within five minutes of being exposed to the air, it lost all its living properties. That would have been a great disappointment to the professor. I'm glad it's dead. It was the most horrible thing I ever saw. You know, Fern, at one time, Professor Rodano was a well-respected scientist. It's a shame that he went mad and used his genius in the wrong direction. He was mad, all right. Jim, Hmm. did you know that he sent us a delicious dinner of roast duckling last night just before he came down to kill us? No. (laughs) And I suppose the thing that's worrying you now is that you didn't eat it. Well, if I'd known how things were going to turn out, I could have done justice to that duckling. Well, don't you worry your pretty head about it, Fern. I'll take you to Carlo's for dinner tonight. Oh, wonderful. I'm sure Carlo's roast duckling is just as good as Rodonis. <laughs> and he doesn't reserve it for such special occasions. All characters, names, places, and plots used in the Avenger program are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This is a thought, a thought, a thought. Remember, listen for another adventure of... The Avenger. Avenger. The road to crime ends in a trap that justice sets. Crime does not pay.
The Avenger's sworn enemy of evil is actually Jim Brandon, a famous biochemist. Through his numerous scientific experiments, Brandon has perfected two inventions to aid him in his crusade against crime as the Avenger. The telepathic indicator, by which he is able to pick up thought flashes, and the secret diffusion capsule, which cloaks him in the black light of invisibility. Brandon's assistant, the beautiful Fern Collier, is the only one who shares his secrets and knows that he is the man the underworld fears as the Avenger. And now... The Avenger and Rendezvous with Murder. There's a train coming, Bates. We'd better hide over there behind the bushes until it goes past. Oh, nobody will notice us, Tapper. It's nearly done. I'm not taking any chances. Come on. Okay. Yeah. Now we're out of sight here. Yeah, well, who's going to see us out here in this lonely road, I'd like to know? The brakeman or the engineer, maybe. How many years do you have to spend in the pen before you learn not to take any chances on witnesses? Oh, lay off that tavern, will you? We're out now, ain't yeah, we? Yeah, but I'm not forgetting them five years, Bates. And all because you bungle a small-time stick-up. Why, we could have pulled this Glenhurst bang job long ago if we hadn't landed in the jug. Fly low till the train goes past. Yeah. Okay, it's gone. Let's get out of here, Tapper. This, this place gives me the creeps. Yeah. I'd just as soon forget what happened to this crossing myself. Yeah. Say, is this the spot where we planted that contractor on the track six years ago? Sure it is. Yeah, right down the road. There's a place where you and me jumped out of the car and sent it headlong into the 815. Yeah, that's right. Say, I recognize it now. Hey, what'd you come this way for, Tapper? I don't I don't like to think of that guy we bumped off. You know, murder's one rap you can't. Shut be... up. Nobody said it was murder, did they? The police said it was an accident, just like we planned. It was a pretty slick job all around. Well, maybe, but I still don't see why we had to park our car and come this way. I suppose you'd sooner go down Main Street so everybody could get a gander at us, huh? Oh, we're here. Turn, turn this way, through these gates. Hey, Tapper, what's the idea? That's a graveyard. Sure. And there ain't a better place for two guys to lay low for a couple of hours. Come on. Oh, I don't like this, Tapper. It's, it's like, well, like the coppers are always shooting off about. Returning to the scene of the crime. It's, it's like we was trying to put a jinx on ourselves. Oh, damn that kind of gab. What's the matter, Bates? Are you turning yellow? No. Only I Come on, then. We'll go over there under them trees and stretch out and have a smoke. Well, how long we got to wait in this place? Well, it won't be safe to start working on the bank until close to midnight. I figure it shouldn't take us more than an hour to pull out that little section of wall, grab the swag, cover our tracks, and hit the road. Oh, yeah, let's let's sit down here. Okay. Uh, Hey, uh, give me a light, will you, Bates? Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, look, look at that, will you? What now? That, that tombstone. L- look what it says. Put your flashlight on it and, and stop blubbering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hold it steady, will you? Okay. In memory of Peter Moultrie. It's that contractor guy we bumped off. That was his name, Moultrie. 
P- Peter Moultrie. Hey, hey, yeah, that's him, all right. Well, I'm getting out of here. Stay where you are, Bates. This guy Moultrie's been dead and buried for almost six years. He can't hurt us. Yeah, but Tepper, I tell you, this place is a jinx. Let's pull out, huh? Hey, you nuts, sit down. We've got some plans to make. Yeah, but this job's got the finger on it, Tepper. I, I can feel Shut it. Shut up and listen to me. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. There's a couple of hundred grand just waiting for us down there in the Glenhurst Bank. All we gotta do is go in and take it. I know. Now, but here's that the I... blueprint of the bank I snitched when we was helping build the place. Yeah, hold, hold the light a little lower. All right. Uh, okay. Now, here's the section of the back wall we rigged. Plenty of room to crawl through. Yeah, but what if somebody hears us knocking the wall out? Not a chance. We fixed that section so it's as weak as putty. Now, this muffled hammer will loosen the bricks. Well, are you sure about the alarm, Tepper? Sure. Hey, remember how we looped the wires? Uh-huh. That'll keep the alarm dead within the limits I've marked here. Now, how about the vault? You got all that dope straight, Bates? Yeah, yeah, I can open that all right. Now, we've got to be careful about fingerprints. Don't forget, we've got a record now, and they'll nab us pronto if we leave any calling cards. Uh-huh. I got all that, Tepper. Okay. Now, after we put the dough in the car... We go back and patch up that hole in the wall. That's the part I don't like. I don't see why you want to do that, Tepper. Because that'll give us a whole extra day to get away. That's why. Now, this is Saturday night. If nobody notices anything wrong with the wall, the stick-up won't be discovered until Monday morning. Yeah. I guess you're right at that. Now, now let's grab a couple hours' rest. We'll need it when we start driving. Here? (laughs) Sure. This is the best place in the world to sleep. (laughs) <laughs> Sweet dreams, pal. What's that? Hey, Tepper! Hey! Tepper! 
Take it easy, Bates. Well, what's your... Oh, wait a minute. It's only a dog running down toward the freight yard. Oh. What time is it, Tapper? Uh, 10.30. It's time for us to start moving, huh? Bates, I've been thinking. There's just one thing that could trip us up on this job. What's that? It's a long shot, but it's the kind of long shot I don't like. Listen, Tapper, you can count me out if it ain't foolproof. I ain't going to do anything. We can make it foolproof, Bates. Uh, I, I don't get you. Well, when we was helping build that bank, we went under phony names and kept to ourselves. Yeah, we was careful, all right. You... You wouldn't let me go no yeah, place? Yeah, but do you remember Moultrie's little girl coming around one day and taking pictures of all the men on the job? No, no, I don't remember that. Well, she did. Later, I got the negatives from her, but now I'm wondering if she might have kept them pictures. Well, what if she did? What's the difference? Plenty. The minute this stick-up's discovered and they get a gander at that pulled-out wall, the coppers will know was framed by somebody who helped build the place. <laughs> and then they'll start investigating all them guys, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but there'll be up a blind alley about us because of them phony names. Huh? That's where the pictures figure in. That girl would turn them in and the police would match them up with two guys in the rogues gallery by the name of Tapper and Bates. Oh, that sells it. Count me out. Nothing doing. You and me are going to pay a little visit to Miss Janice Moultrie. We've got to get them pictures. Oh, not me. You're not I... afraid to steal a few snapshots from a kid, are you? No, only... Well, look, Tapper... She she won't be a kid now. She'll she'll be grown up. So what? Nothing, I guess. Well, when do we get started? In another ten minutes. Say, Tapper, what if that Moultrie girl gets in our way? Then it's just going to be too bad for her. Because I'm not going to let any dame stand between me and that money. We'll get them pictures, Bate. If we have to plant that girl right down there beside her old man... Jim, it was sweet of you to drive all the way down here to Glenhurst to take Janice and me to the charity rally. Pure selfishness on my part, Fern. I miss you when you go away for weekends. Oh, that's nice. For a while, it looked as though both Janice and I were going to be stood up. Why? I thought Bill Cummings was going along. He called Janice half an hour ago. He has to work. Oh. Something about drawing up a will for a sick client. Oh, that's too bad. I was looking forward to seeing Bill again. Well, maybe after the rally. No, I can't. Inspector White's going to call me at my hotel at 11.30. I'll have to be there to get his call. We'll have to leave the rally early then. Dinner will be ready in a few minutes. I bet you'll both starve. Oh, Fern is always starving, Janice. Tell me, did she have an appetite like that when she went to school? (laughs) Always. But how she managed to keep slim on it was what stymied the rest of us. I see where I'm in for a ribbon. (laughs) Jim, I'm awfully glad you could come. I wanted to talk to you about Dad. Your father? Yes. Janice still isn't convinced that it was an accident, Jim. No, I'm not, Jim. Oh, I know it was a long time ago, and... Everyone seems to have forgotten all about it except me. Well, it's natural for you to feel like that, Janice, but the police investigated the case thoroughly at the time, and there was no hint of foul play. I know all that, Jim, but I knew my father. He was a most careful driver, and it was never established what he was doing out there on that lonely road that night. Well, I'll recheck all the evidence tomorrow, if it'll make you feel any better, Janice. Thanks, Jim. Oh, hello, Bosco, old boy. Come here, boy. <laughs> Why, I believe old Bosco's glad to see me. Oh, Bosco, get down. No, no, it's all right, Janice. Come on, boy. Hiya, boy. Hiya, fella. We'd better go Come into on, dinner boy. now so we can get started for the rally.
bother getting out of the car, Jim. You'd better drive straight to the hotel to get the inspector's call. Yeah, it's uh, 11 o'clock now. After your call comes, Jim, why don't you pick up Bill at his office and both of you come back for a snack? Yes, do. Oh, that'll be fine. Now, let's see. Bill's office is on the second floor of the bank building, isn't it? That's right. We'll expect you in about an hour, then. Yeah, maybe less. So long. Bye, Jim. I wonder where Bosco is. He usually meets us at the gate. Oh, he's probably down at the freight yards. The men down there on the meat cars are always feeding him. Oh, they spoil him terribly. (laughs) Now, where's my key? Oh, here it is. Oh, I'm glad you're here, Fern. I always dread coming into this house alone when Aunt Martha's away. What was that? Bosco must be here. Turn on the living room light, Fern. Bosco! Bosco, where are you? Stay right where you are, both of you. What do you want? What have you been doing in my house? We just dropped in to have a look at your picture album, Miss Moultrie. My picture album? Yeah, where is it? I won't tell you. No? Well, maybe this gun will make you change your mind. Now I remember you. I remember both of you. You worked for my father on the bank construction job six years ago. You've got a good memory, Miss Moultrie, and that's just too bad for you. Now, talk. Where's them pictures? I won't give them to you. Well, we'll see. Give her the arm treatment, Bates. I'll keep this other dame covered. All right, sister. Start singing and make it fast. We're in a hurry. Let me go. Come on. No. There you are. No, I won't tell. Let her alone. Help, help. Shut up, you. Well, Miss Moultrie, are you going to talk, or does Bates have to break your arm? Oh, tell them, Janice. Don't let them hurt you like that. All right. Let go of my arm. I'll tell you. Be quick about it, then. The album's in a chest in that closet. Get it, Bates. Okay. I know what you're after now. You want those pictures I took of you. Smart girl. Too smart. Hey, you find it, Bates? Yeah, the album's here, all right. Well, hurry up. See if the pictures are in it. Yeah, well. Uh, here they are. Hey, they're good, too. Now, will you take them and get out of here? Uh, we'd be pretty dumb to do that, wouldn't we? No, you two dames are coming with us. Coming with you? Why? Security reasons. I've learned that the only good witness is a dead witness. You can't get away with a thing like this. You Bates, know you... Go bring the car up in front of the house. We're all going for a little ride. <laughs>
back to the Avenger and the rendezvous with murder. Why, this is the freight yard. Why have you brought us here? We're going to let you off easy. We're sending you two dames off on a little trip. What are you talking about? You'll see. Uh, pull up here, Tepper. Uh, get out and open up one of them refrigerator cars, Bates. Sure. No. No, please, you're Come on, going to... this is the end of the line. Get out. Fern, what can we do? Nothing. Get out, I said. And one peep out of either of you, and it'll be your last. How you doing, Bates? Over here, Tepper. These cars are packed and ready to go. I got one of the doors open, though. Okay. Throw the dames in. Okay, come on, Please, Susie. Get this. in there. I'd rather be sorry. Throw her inside, Bates. All yeah, right, Tepper. Now the other one. Come no. on, Bill. Come on, yeah. Victor. Yeah. Get in there. Yeah. There we are. Now close the door and fix the lock. Okay. Okay. <sighs> That's that. Come on, Bates. Keep pounding, Janice. Maybe someone will hear us before the freight pulls out. I can't, Fern. My hands are getting numb. Oh, pound hard. It'll keep the circulation going. What's the use? We're doomed, Fern. We might as well face it. Oh, Janice, don't give up, please. Jim Brandon, Bill. Well, must have gone, I guess. Well, that's strange. Bill wouldn't leave his office unlocked. I'll just take a look. What's that hammering, I wonder? It's coming from below that back window. Ah, something very interesting going on down there. I wonder if Bill could have seen that. Better flash my light around here before I could... Bill! Somebody knocked him out cold. Well, it looks as though this is another job for the Avenger. Hold it a minute, Bates. Huh? What's up? Yeah. There's a couple pounding his beat on the other side of the street. Yeah, that Flatfoot better keep moving if he knows what's good for Shut him. Shut up. Is he gone? Uh, yeah. He, he's just turning the corner now. Okay. We can get back to work. Right. Yeah, I'm finished at this end. How about you, Bates? Well, just a little more. Okay. Did you check the wires, Tepper? Yeah. Uh, just like we left them six years ago. 
Okay. I'm ready. Good. Uh, crawl in. The vault's right inside on the left. Yeah, yeah, I know. Come on. Yeah. Oh, boy, oh, boy, what a setup. This plan was foolproof. There's the vault, Bates. Get busy. Hey, uh, give me some light here, will you? Uh-huh. Yeah. Gotta hand it to you, Tapper. This was a pretty sweet idea you dreamed up six years ago. Now you're willing to admit it was worth bumping off Moultrie for, huh? <laughs> sure was. You know, that door is as good as ours right now. What was that? I heard a funny noise. Yeah, so did I, but but there can't be anybody in here. Can't there, Tapper? Who's there? It's the Avenger, Tapper. I'm here to settle an old score for Peter Moultrie. Somebody framed us, Tapper. Let's blow No. He's won against the two of us. We can take care of him. Grab that crowbar, Bates. I'll flash the light around. We'll find him. There's nobody here, Tapper. He's gone. No, I'm still here, Bates, but you can't see me. The voice came from that corner. Start swinging, Bates. Oh! Somebody hit you Keep me. swinging, you fool. We've got him cornered. Well, I think I hit something, Tapper. Hey, give me the light. Yeah. Man. I don't see nothing. Well, that's mighty funny. I hit somebody, but there's nobody here. You're nuts. He got away. That's what. Yeah. Come on, Bates. we got to take it on the lamp. The cops will be here in a minute. They won't get far. As soon as I set off this burglar alarm, I'll start after them. <laughs> I'm giving her all she got. This jalopy ain't got wings, you know. Hey, hey, look, Tapper. There's a car following her. Yeah? Hey, you're right. Hey, it must be that Avenger guy. I told you you didn't get him. I did. I hit him, but then he... Then he disappeared, I know. He scrammed. That's what he did. Hey, he's gaining on us. Give him a dose of lead, Bates. It's him or us now. Well, I'll try to hit his tires. Uh, did you get him? No, he's still coming. He's turned his headlights off. Try again. We're going too fast, Tapper. I can't get a beat on him. Hey. There's the railroad crossing up ahead, and the freight's coming. Yeah. If we can beat that freight to the crossing, we can lose this guy. It'll be close, but it's our only chance. Sit tight. What's the matter with a car, Tapper? I don't know. The engine's missing. Sounds like we're out of gas. We can't make it, Tapper. Stop. We gotta make it. Hey, we're still on the track. Brakeman, Brakeman, over here. Bring a light. Well, if I ever saw anybody ask for what they got, those fellas did. Know who they were? Yeah, they just broke into the bank in Glenhurst. I saw them making a getaway and followed. Yeah. Well, they didn't get far. No, they certainly didn't. Say, that's Bosco. Come here, Bosco. We must Come have followed the freight all the way from the yard. Down, down, Bosco, down. What's the matter, boy? What is it? Oh, he's after scraps from that refrigerator car. I don't think so. I'm going to have a look. What is it, Bosco? What's the matter, boy? What are you trying to tell me? Somebody's in there. What's up? Somebody's inside that car, Brakeman. I heard a pounding on the door. Hear anything? Open up that car. I tell you, there's someone in there. Listen, bud, there can't be anybody in there. That's a sealed car. Sealed? Take a look at that door. That railroad seal's been broken. Yeah, you're right. 
Okay, mister, I'll open her up. Here. Well, I'll be. It's Fern and Janice. Give me a hand, Breaker. Sure. Jim. There, there, it's all right, Fern. You're safe now. Here, quick. Help me get them out of here. They're almost frozen. Are you sure you feel well enough to drive home today, Fern? Yes, I'm all right now, Jim. Of course, I don't feel in the mood for any winter sports yet. Have another hot drink, Fern. Thank you, Janet. There's just one more thing I'm not quite clear on, Jim. And what's that, Janice? Why did those criminals try to get rid of Bill? I think Bill can get you straight on that. What happened, Bill? Well, I was hard at work in my office when I heard a strange hammering sound below the back window. I looked out and saw two men down below. But when I called down to find out what was going on, they just disappeared around the side of the building. I decided to go down and investigate. But before I had time to get out of the office, the two men came in. One of them turned off the light and covered me with a flashlight. And the other one must have worked his way around behind me and hit me over the head. I see. Then when Jim came to call for you, he discovered what was going on. That's right. As soon as I saw what Tapper and Bates were up to... I went down and drained the gasoline out of their car and then followed them into the bank. I wanted to get a line on them, so I listened to them talking for a while before I did anything. What did you find out, Jim? Well, they were boasting about how they'd planned the robbery six years ago. Evidently, Janice's father discovered what they were doing, so they killed him and made it look like an accident. Mm -hmm. But if you were in the bank with them, Jim, how did they make a getaway in their car? Well, that hole in the wall left the bank wide open. I had to sound the alarm before I followed them. Anyway, I knew they couldn't get far with a gas tank that was practically empty. It really seems as though those two men had a rendezvous with justice at that crossing, doesn't it? Yes, it was another so-called perfect crime that backfired. Well, now you just try to put it out of your mind now, Janice. Okay, Bill. Come on, I'll put a fresh dressing on your head. The doctor said to change it every hour. Yes, Nursie. We'll be back in a minute. Take your time. 
Jim, one doesn't have to be a detective to figure out that we'll be coming to Glenhurst for a wedding very soon. It certainly looks that way, Fern. Jim, do you suppose that we could... Could, uh, what, Fern? Do you suppose that we could... could have picked up all this on a telepathic indicator if we had stayed at home? Characters, names, places, and plots used in the Avenger program are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This is a thought, a thought, a thought. Remember, listen for another adventure of... The Avenger. Avenger. The road to crime ends in a trap that justice sets. Crime does not pay. Avenger, sworn enemy of evil, is actually Jim Brandon, a famous biochemist. Through his numerous scientific experiments, Brandon has perfected two inventions to aid him in his crusade against crime as the Avenger. The telepathic indicator by which he is able to pick up thought flashes, and the secret diffusion capsule, which cloaks him in the black light of invisibility. 
Brandon's assistant, the beautiful Fern Collier, is the only one who shares his secrets and knows that he is the man the underworld fears as the Avenger. And now... The Avenger and the Eyes of Shiva. Come in. Oh, uh, good evening, Mr. Thurmont. Hello, Croft. Have a chair, Thurmont. What's on your mind? As though you didn't know. Well, I can guess, of course. When a young man about town calls on a gambler in his office... It means he's broke, Croft. I want you to okay another I.O.U. for me. Thurmont, you're in too deep. I can't give you any more credit. Listen, Croft, don't try any of those cold shoulder tactics on me. I've lost a fortune in this club. That's just the point. You already owe me 35 grand, Thurmont. When are you going to pay up? You'll get your money. But I've got to have a little time. That's, your, that's what you've been saying for a month. Now, let's get down to cases, Thurmont. Either you pay up or I use my own methods of collecting. I see. You're all set to give me the works, aren't you, Croft? If necessary. Give me one more week and I can raise the money. Sorry. I need more than your word for that, Thurmont. May I ask where you expect to get that kind of money? From my Aunt Lydia. Mrs. Wimbersham? Yes. What makes you think she'll advance you 35000 just for the asking? She'll have to. And if she doesn't? Then, well, I have another way of getting it. No, Thurmont. I can't accept vague promises any longer. I'll give you 24 hours to raise the dough. I can't do it in that time. You'll have to make it a week, Croft, if you want to collect your money. What's your plan, then? I've got to know my chances. Well, you've heard of my aunt's rubies, the famous Eyes of Shiva. Who hasn't? I've got a customer for those rubies, Croft. You... You mean you plan to steal the rubies from your aunt? Well, if you want to put it as crudely as that, yes. They'll be mine someday anyway, so I might as well get them now when they can do me the most good. And if you're caught? I don't think Aunt Lydia would prosecute the family name and all that. This uh, brave customer you spoke of, who is he? It seems unbelievable to me that anyone would be foolish enough to buy such famous stones. Those rubies can never be put on the market. They'll be too hot. My customer will give me 200000 for them. And he has no desire to market them. 200000 Who has that kind of dough? A rich Indian importer. He's tried to buy the rubies from my aunt directly, but she won't sell. You see, those stones have a special significance to the people of his country. At one time, those rubies were the eyes of an ancient statue of the goddess Shiva. This rich Indian owns that statue now, and he wants to have the eyes replaced. Well, I don't know. That statue stuff's all Greek to me. I never even heard about this Shiva goddess. You should have, Croft. Shiva is the goddess of thugs. She has seven arms and strangles all who do not please her. I'd say she speaks your language, Croft. Hmm. Sounds like a very interesting dame. Well, Croft, in case my aunt refuses to give me the money, 
Are you willing to give me that week's grace to get the rubies? All right, Thermont. I'll play ball. Good. Take a few days to work on your aunt for the money, though, before you risk stealing the rubies. Thirty-five grand in the hand is worth more than two hundred thousand in some goddess's eyes. It's a deal, Croft. We have a date then, Thermont. A week from tonight. Let's, uh, have a drink on it. Everyone in the Blue Book has turned out for this opening. Well, it certainly does, Fern. A nightclub opening, too. Ah, I guess the place is made. If they squeeze us in any tighter here, we won't dare eat any dinner. Oh, now we must avoid that catastrophe at any cost. Oh, Jim, help me pick out the celebrities. Well, uh, let's see. There's the mayor over there. Oh. And at the table next to him are Mrs. Lydia Wimbersham and her nephew, Hollis Thurman. Oh, I've heard of her. She's the richest woman in the state, isn't she? Yes, but young Hollis is doing everything he can to relieve her of that honor. Oh, Fern, she's wearing her rubies, the earrings. Jim, are those the famous eyes of Shiva rubies? That's right, Fern. Oh, good heavens, I never thought I'd see such jewels in a nightclub. Mrs. Wimbersham doesn't appear in public very often, but when she does, she makes folks sit up and take notice. Gosh, this is exciting. Jim, let's dance. I want to get a closer look at those rubies. <laughs> All right, Fern, let's go. Well, Aunt Lydia, did you have a good time? I did, Hollis. You were a dear to invite me. It's quite a nice club. I suppose you noticed that your rubies got more attention than the floor show. Well, this is the first time I've worn them in a year. I was surprised. Why did you wear them tonight, Aunt Lydia? It's your uncle's birthday, Hollis. When he was living, I always wore the rubies on his birthday. And since his death, I've continued to do so. You knew that. Of course. I'd forgotten. Hollis, what's the matter? You've seemed preoccupied all evening. Oh, it's the same old thing, Auntie. You're not having money troubles again, Hollis. I'm afraid I am, Aunt Lydia. How much are you overdrawn this time? It's worse than that. I might as well tell you the truth, Auntie. I'm in debt for 35000 Hollis, how did that happen? Why, I've always given you a generous allowance... Hollis, have you been gambling again? After you promised me... I know, I know. I, I'm wrong, and I admit it. But that doesn't satisfy my creditors. Hollis, I won't give you the money this time. What am I to do, then? I don't know. You gave me your word when I paid your debts last time that it wouldn't happen again. And now this. You'll have to settle your debts as best you can on your allowance. That sounds final, Aunt Lydia. It is, Hollis. Believe me, my boy, it's for your own good. It's high time you settled down and lived on your income. All right. Let's forget it, Auntie. Don't lecture me tonight. Do you want James to drive you home, Hollis? No. I was hoping you'd invite me in for a nightcap. Oh, of course. Come along. That's all for tonight, James. Good night. We'll have to serve ourselves, though. I gave the servants the night off. That's all right, Auntie. Give me your key. I'll open the door. Here. Those 
servants have left all the lights burning again. Uh, go into the library, Hollis. I'll join you in a minute. Where are you going, Auntie? I want to put these earrings in the safe in the living room. Go ahead. Mix yourself something to drink, Hollis. Right. Don't be long. I'll send these rubies back to the vault tomorrow. I feel uneasy having them here in the safe. Oh, it's a relief to get them off. They're so heavy. Let me see. The combination is three, one, oh, seven. There. Into your little box, back in the safe. Oh, Horace, you startled me. I'm sorry. I, uh... I came in to ask if you think we might find the makings of a sandwich. That nightclub dinner was on the meager side. Oh, of course. I'll see what's in the icebox. You know, Hollis, I don't think I'll ever wear the eyes of Shiva in public again. Why not? Well, I had the strangest feeling tonight. Oh, it's silly, I know. But suddenly I thought of the rubies as real eyes. Huge, glaring red eyes staring back at all those people. Come now, Auntie. None of your morbid fancies tonight. <laughs> all right, Hollis. I'm sorry. Uh, bring the drinks into the kitchen and help me with the sandwiches. Right. I'll be with you in a moment. <laughs> I hear footsteps in this room. Who's there? Who are you? What do you want? I want the combination to your safe, Mrs. Wimbisham. No. No. Get out of here. Now, if you'll just be calm and do as I say, you won't get hurt. No use to reach for the phone. The wires are cut. This is an outrage. Come downstairs and open up that safe or... Well, I'm prepared to kill you if I have to. It's up to you. All right. I'll come. After you, Mrs. Wimbersham. You're after the rubies, of course. But what good will they do you? No one will dare buy them. I'll worry about that. This way. Okay. Now suppose you open up the safe. Three. One. Oh. Seven. Very simple. Should have been able to figure that out for myself. All right, take out the rubies. What sort of game is this? They're not here. You've already taken them. No stalling now. Fish them out. They're not here, I tell you. Look for yourself. Stand back. They're not here. And you knew they weren't. Talk fast, Mrs. Wimbersham. Where are those rubies? I don't know. I put them in the safe less than two hours ago, and now they're gone. You're lying. Where are they? Honestly, I don't know. I'm going to get those rubies, Mrs. Wimbersham, if I have to choke the truth out of you. Believe me, I'd tell you if I knew. Well, we'll see about that. Talk! Take your hands away. You're choking. Where are they? I don't know. Please, I... Answer. Quick, or I'll finish the job. I, I don't know what happened to them. I don't know. Where are they? My rubies. The eyes. 
And now, back to the Avenger and the eyes of Shiva. Honestly, Jim, I feel terribly sorry for Inspector White. I'm afraid he'll be out of office if he doesn't break the Wimbledon murder soon. Well, Fern, it's been almost a week now since it happened, and the newspapers are playing it up big. Frankly, it's a very puzzling one. Jim, haven't you been able to pick up anything on the telepathic indicator that might help? No, I haven't. If I'd been at the indicator the night the murder was committed, I probably could have. But by the time we found out about it, the strong emotional impulses that surround a death by violence had weakened, and I could pick up only confused impressions. Jim, do you think Mrs. Wimbersham's nephew could have done it? Well, evidently the police don't think so, Fern. They released Thermod yesterday. Oh, that must be Inspector White now. Now Let him in, will you, Fern? Yes, Jim. Hello, Inspector. Come in, Jim's waiting for you. Thanks, Fern. In the laboratory, Inspector. Good morning, Inspector. Well, nothing good about it, Brandon. Have a chair, and let's hear what's on your mind, Inspector. Well, look here, Jim. I'm going to put my cards on the table. I'm up a blind alley on this Wibbersham case. I see by the papers that you've released Thurmont. Well, we had to. We had an airtight alibi, for the murder at least. That leaves you high and dry for a suspect, doesn't it, Inspector? Never higher and never drier, Fern. Well, Inspector, I don't know whether you want my advice or not. Usually you don't. Stop rubbing it in, Jim. You got any ideas? Spill them. I'm open to anything. Okay, Inspector. If you're really asking me, I'd say that Hollis Thurmont had such a good motive for both the murder and the theft that he might be the connecting link between them. Provided both crimes were not committed by the same person. Well, we've got a tail on him every minute of the day and night. And if he gets in touch with anybody, we'll know it. And where is he now? At the country club, playing golf. Playing golf? His aunt's death couldn't have affected him much. I've got an idea, Inspector. Call off your men and let Fern and me trail Thurman for the rest of the day. Okay. But call in a report to my office every hour, Jim. And don't give out any statements to the newspaper. Why, Inspector, you used to love... Now listen here, Jim. Just because you got me up a tree, you All can't... right, all right, Inspector. No feature stories until you solve the case. Come on, Fern. You and I are going to brush up on our golf. Oh, Jim, I've hit another ball out of bounds. <laughs> My dear Miss Collier, the idea is to keep your eye on the ball, remember? Yes, that's just the trouble. I'm trying to keep one eye on the ball and the other on Hollis Thurmond playing there ahead of us. Oh. Jim, I'm convinced that young Thurmond can't be guilty. And why not, Fern? He's playing to it a good game. His conscience must be clear. Now, he's good, all right. We've been following him for 16 holes, and he's made at least 10 of them in par. We're in good company. That man playing behind us is good, too. Yes, I've noticed that. Look, Jim. Yeah. Thurmond is teeing off for the 17th hole. Let's watch for a minute. All right, if you think it'll improve your game. Mm. I can't believe it. He sliced that one badly. He hit it way out of bounds in the rough. He's setting up another one. Oh, he sliced that one, too. And it landed in exactly the same place as the other. That 17th hole must be a jink. Look, Jim, Thermont is mad. He's going to stop playing. Would you folks mind if I played through you? Oh, no, not at all. Go ahead. Thanks. Thank you very much. Not at all. Well, that fellow's just as good as Thermont. Now he's ready for the 17th hole. Wonder how he'll make out. Oh, Thurmont's going toward the clubhouse, Fern. We better go. We don't want to give him a chance to slip away from here without us. All right, Jim. Jim, did you see that? Yes. 
That fellow who played through us sliced his ball just like Thurmont did. And it landed in the same place, too. But he's going after his. Now, that's a very strange coincidence. I want... Tim, we'd better hurry if we want to catch up with Thurmont. Yeah, right, Fern. Come on. Did Thurmont come out of the clubhouse yet, Fern? Yes, a few moments ago, Jim. He went around to get his car. I just called the inspector. He says we're to stay with Thermont. Oh, we'd better get in the car, then, and be ready to follow. Right. I think we're on a cold trail, though. Thermont hasn't even spoken to anyone out here. Help! Help! Get the police! What's happened? Mr. Thermont, he's been strangled in his car. Call Inspector White at police headquarters, attendant. Yes, sir. Tell him to get out here right away. Yes, sir. Oh, Jim, I can't believe it. Why, only a few moments Burn, ago, I... I want you to get a caddy and go down to the rough and get those golf balls. The golf balls? Why, what in the world can they have to do with it? Never mind that now. Get those golf balls and bring them back here. All right, Jim. And in the meantime, I'll see if I can pick up the trail of Thurmont's murderer. Well, Brandon, now that we're back at headquarters and can't be overheard, what have you got to say for yourself? Not a thing, Inspector. Evidently, Thurmont's murderer was waiting for him in his car. Thurmont was strangled in exactly the same way as his aunt. It happened very suddenly, Inspector. Why, we just gave Thurmont a few minutes to drive around the clubhouse in his car so that we could follow Don't him. Don't worry about that, Fern. If the murderer hadn't caught up with him there, it would have happened somewhere else. But the newspapers are screaming for my scalp nonetheless. We'll get the murderer, Inspector. All we have to do is find that man who followed Fern and me on the golf course. He's our man. What makes you so sure of that, Jim? Because Fern found only one golf ball when she went down to the rough. Thurmont hit two down. And our suspect hit one down there. Now, if our suspect really went down there to recover his own ball, he would either have picked up his own and left Thurmont's two, or picked up all three. Since he left one ball there, he must have picked up Thurmont's two. It was too far out of bounds for ordinary straight balls. Where does that get us? Miss Jim, I don't see what difference it makes whose golf balls he picked up. If those two golf balls Thurmont sliced into the rough had the rubies in them, it would make plenty of difference, wouldn't it? Jim, do you think... I those... certainly do, Inspector. Thurmont deliberately knocked those balls into the rough for somebody to pick up. And we know who recovered those balls. We do? Who? Jim means we know what the man looks like. Inspector, I want to see every picture you've got of known criminals in this state. Come on, Fern, we're going to work. Okay. Well, uh, this batch of pictures just came in this morning. Mostly parole jumpers believed headed this way. Well, now, that sounds like a good bet. No local criminal would have taken such risks of being recognized. Here, Fern, you look through that batch. Yeah. Oh, this is the craziest case I've ever worked on. None of it makes any sense. Well, it's beginning to, Inspector. Well, not to me. Be patient for another day or two, Inspector, and you'll have the newspapers eating out of your hand. Jim, Jim, here he is. What? This is the man who played through us on the golf course. Why, sure enough. Clyde Devers, jewel thief, served sentences in... Looks like you've hit on something, Jim. Inspector, have your men track down this golf ball. What for, Jim? I believe Devers was fronting this job for someone. Let's shoot for the jackpot, Inspector. This is Clutcher Cross Place, Vern. According to the inspector's list... Croft buys the type of golf ball Devers used. Oh, but what makes you think Croft is our likeliest prospect, Jim? Young Thurmont owed him money. Well, it's worth the try. Now, that's Croft's office straight through the entrance hall. Mm-hmm. Now, you know what to say. And don't be frightened, because when Croft opens the door to let you in, the Avenger will be right behind you. I'm not afraid, Jim. Good girl. Go ahead, then. 
Come in. Mr. Croft? Yes? What do you want? Come in and close the door. Mr. Croft, I'm from the firm Byers and Trembling. We're in charge of settling the Wimbersham estate, and I'm getting a list of Hollis Thurmont's creditors. What was the amount Mr. Thurmont owed you? Since when are gambling debts paid off by an estate? You wouldn't happen to be a detective, would you? Why, no, I'm... Devers! Devers, come in here! What's up, Croft? This dame from the police, I think. Lock the doors, Devers. Now, uh, speak up, miss. Just who are you? I... I just came here on a hunch. I thought I might find the eyes of Shiva Rubies here. Why, this is the dame that was on the golf course. The day I... The day you murdered Thurmont, isn't that right, Devers? Who's that? Where did that voice come from? From the Avenger, Croft. The Avenger? We're sunk, Clutcher. Not yet, Devers. Grab the girl. No. We can't see the Avenger, but we can see her... Come on, let your gun. Reach, you... You're playing the fool, Devers. Croft is double-crossing you. He's edging toward the inner office to make his getaway. No, you don't, Croft. You're not hanging this rap on me. Take it easy, Devers. Stay where you are, or I'll drill you. It's every man for himself now, Devers. Come back here, Croft. Oh! You... You shot... You've had that coming for a long time, Clutcher. My gun. Pick it up, young lady. I knocked it out of your hand, Devers. I have it, Avenger. Stand back against the wall, Devers. Shoot him if he makes a move. It was Croft, I tell you. He hired me. He, he engineered the whole thing. He's Croft the man you... dead, Devers. Save your story for the police. I was beginning to think he'd never break. All right, Devers. Why did you kill Lydia Wimbersham? Because I thought she was lying when she said she didn't know where the rubies were. Didn't it occur to you that Thurmont might have taken them? No, I didn't know anything about the Thurmont angle until after I failed to get the rubies. Then Croft told me Thurmont must have beaten us to it. But by that time, Thurmont was in jail for questioning concerning the murder of his aunt. Yeah. 
We just had to sit tight and wait until he was free to make contact with his customer. When did you first suspect that the rubies were in the golf balls? Not until Thurmont sliced them into the rough. I'm an expert on golf. I could see that he deliberately sliced those balls. Then, after you recovered the balls, you went back to the clubhouse and killed Thurmont? Croft told me to. He was afraid Thurmont would begin squawking to the police when he discovered Croft had framed him. What was your next move, Davis? Well, he tried to contact Thurmont's customer, the rich Indian importer, but discovered he'd sailed quietly for home as soon as he heard about Mrs. Wimbersham's murder. He was scared of getting involved, I guess. So the rubies weren't worth a penny to you and Croft because the one and only customer for them was on the high seas. Yeah. And by that time, we were wishing we'd never heard of the eyes of Shiva. Any more questions, Jim? No. That just about cleans up the case, Inspector. Okay. That's all, Davis. The charge is murder. Three of them. Take them away, boys. I still don't understand. If that Indian importer had sailed for home, why did Thurmont go ahead with the plan for delivering the jewels to him? Thurmont didn't know the Indian had fled, Fern, and he was desperate for money. Oh, good grief. No wonder the inspector said this was the craziest case he ever worked on. Well, you can say that again, Fern. This one almost had the Avenger baffle, too. Characters, names, places, and plots used in the Avenger program are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This is a thought, a thought, a thought. Remember, listen for another adventure of... The Avenger...
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.